You're listening to a co-education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. Kia ora. He mihi nei kia koutou. Nau mai hoki mai ngā tāringa. Tēnā koutou, welcome to this Tātai Ahoro Ko podcast on the spiral of inquiry. Ko Rebecca Sweeney ahau. And I'm here today to talk about a real-life example of the spiral of inquiry with Gareth Sinton, the principal of Douglas Park School in Masterton, New Zealand. Kia ora, Gareth. How are you today? Yeah, kia ora. I'm very good, Beck. It's a beautiful sunny day up here in the lovely Wadarapa, so fantastic. Good. We've, me and you and your school have been working together for about two years, I think. This year would be our third. Is that right? Yep, into our third now. Yeah, and so we've been working on implementing the spiral of inquiry and doing some mentoring and coaching. All right, let's get into it. When I came along to your school, to Douglas Park, what had teaching as inquiry looked like before you got into the spirals? So what was it looking like at your school? It was very individual. So when the newer curriculum came out, the current curriculum came out, we had done through that PD looking at the teacher inquiry cycle that the curriculum has. But what translated to classrooms was, here's a problem that I have and I'm going to quickly find a solution and I'm just going to shove that into practice and see what happens. And that kind of came about during the rise of national standards and into that kind of era. So very much inquiries were centred on low achieving parts of our school and it tended to be Māori boys in writing. What made you go with the spiral? How did this all start? What made you make this shift across to using the framework? It was sort of a combination of good luck really, some things coming together. So we had started down that whole modern learning kind of journey and we were just about to open up all of our classrooms. Um, So we'd been working together collaboratively for maybe three years prior and just as we were about to open up classrooms we made the decision that we need to look at our collaborative practice. So we're going to have open spaces, we were working with Mark Osborne looking at our co-teaching practice, the way we can work together to raise outcomes for kids. And also at that point I gained the principalship of the school. And I just decided that we needed to somehow tie all this together. And the thing that really was at odds in my head was the idea of teachers having individual inquiries to what essentially were group-based problems now. So the thought of being in a shared space with, you know, say 90 other children, three other teachers, and I'm working on my own area of my own practice and not considering the needs of others, that didn't sit well with me. So that was the kind of stuff that came together. So the shift to a spiral and a uh, team-based approach just made a lot of sense. In terms of how it used to look and what it looks like now, what do you think the most significant things are that you've seen happen or change as a result of using the spiral of inquiry? It would be two things, really. It's the the pace of the inquiry and the depth of the inquiry. So back prior to this, we would have teacher inquiries that would vary in length. Some might be very short and some might be longer, but not to the length that we are now with our spiral. But definitely the depth. Back then, very much Band-Aid, you know, Māori boys in writing, here's a blog post that someone randomly has written, I'm just going to shove that into my classroom, and that's me, that's my inquiry done. Whereas now it's a return to the research, actually looking out for effective practice and the reasons why that practice is effective, uh, digging into the thinking that sits behind those sort of pedagogical changes. So it's just a real strengthening look at what works in classes, what works for kids. That definitely wasn't present prior. You mentioned the word digging there, and which obviously enables that depth and slows the pace, like you said. So can you give me an example of the type of digging people have done? A lot of work around testing people's um, uh, assumptions. 
So yes. not, not just coming up with the first best idea, sort of saying, okay, if this is a good idea, like what sits behind this? Like, do we, do we know where this research has come from? Is there any research to go with it? Or is it just someone's idea mm. or opinion? The idea of discussing practice. So rather than just saying, here's the solution, now everyone just goes off and does it. Here's an idea, let's go away and test it and come back and talk about the impact this is having. So digging into the actual practice shift that we're trying to achieve. Has this idea made a difference? What's hard about it? What's easy? Who's it affecting? Who is it not working for? And just coming back to the, the why type question often. Why is this working or why is this not working? Why is this resonating with us? Is it something that aligns with our beliefs or is it something that we like the look of because it's kind of the flash kind of thing at the minute? What would you say from a leadership perspective has been the impact of the framework on your staff and kids? In terms of staff, it really brought the teams together. We had a good staff culture anyway. It's not like we had a bad team culture. But it just made a big shift in the way the teams operate and discuss their teaching and learning. So prior, we may have had, you know, I don't like the term, but priority learners or target children. Now we've reframed them. They've become focused learners. They're the focus of our practice. Back prior, the discussions would have been what the children can or cannot do. Whereas now, the discussions are more about what is our practice enabling them to do or not be able to do. Great. Uh, so a good shift like that. In terms of team culture, there's far more openness now, I would say, than what there was. There's still a way to travel there, but we can have practice on the table. People are happy to say, this is what I'm up to, this is you know something that I'm trying at the minute, can you guys have a look at it with me, critique me? So there's been a good shift like that. And in terms of kids, I think the biggest win, the kind of coincided with some other work we were doing, but really getting to know and understand the children as people, looking at them far more than just their academic outcome or their the writing sample in front of you, but trying to really understand the drivers behind the kids, trying to seeking to understand where they're at. So it's been a real win in terms of teacher-student relationship across the school as well. You've talked about all those different impacts there, and... I keep thinking to myself, well, okay, you're saying you're relating this to the implementation of the spiral of inquiry, but is there anything more specific that's caused these shifts for the teams, the shifts around how we see the kids? I'd say use of expertise, use of yourself. I think one of the best things you did when you first came in to work with us, because it was prior to school starting back in 2018, that teacher-only day we had, and the best thing that you said is, before you've even started, you've made mistakes. So before you've even started this process, you've already messed it up. So it's just time to, and to get on with the learning and not worry about trying to make it perf uh, perfect. Great. So teacher mindsets change straight away about having to do things perfectly and precisely to more sort of the idea of sort of rapid iterations, the idea of testing and checking, you know, that kind of thing. It's shifted the conversation. So at the start of our team discussions and the start of my leadership discussions, we often start with the trust exercise. Again, something that's come from you. But after that, spirals is always top of the agenda. Whereas teaching as inquiry in the past would have been surfaced at sort of set points, maybe once a term or, you know, twice a year. Whereas now the discussion is more regular and ongoing. Some weeks it might be a quite a big discussion. Other weeks it's just a touch in, but it's there, it's on top. Uh, for people. I can really understand some of those things you've mentioned obviously having been on the journey with you and one of the things I really notice with teachers everywhere 
and maybe actually people everywhere is that perfectionism certainly is quite rife in the profession and and so that's one of my favorite things to do is actually say to people this is the place where you can make mistakes yeah it's great that 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 was picked up on so soon in the process of switching over really to the spiral of inquiry so for you Gareth and for your school Douglas Park where to next sort of a mundane thing we need to do in terms of just pulling together all the stuff that we have in terms of the documents and the tools and sort of making a, a coherent Douglas Park kind of collection of these things. Yeah. Um, we've got lots of excellent tools now and processes to use, but they're sort of, you know, in terms of access, we could probably do something better about that and maybe formalising it into, not that I'm a fan of policy and procedure, but having something like that in place so that irrespective of the leadership here, spirals is something that's enshrined in the way that we do and something that's on top for us at the minute we're sort of working through sort of leadership development in the area of coaching the spiral is very much teacher centric so the discussions are all from teachers but it's sort of the leader of each team as the driver of that and so something that we'd love to see is that it shouldn't have to be the leader of the team driving it it should be a shift to the team driving the discussions for themselves irrespective of sort of position of authority. So it's building up expertise within all teachers to be able to lead that kind of process is something that we're discussing about where to next with spirals. Awesome. And that all makes sense to me. Two to three years in with a school who's uh, really overhauling their teaching as inquiry processes and systems, you're really describing their embedding and sustaining yeah. this process. And part of that is, of course, systems and things. But like you say, the human side of embedding and sustaining is getting the people behaving in a way that is the norm as well. So the coaching and mentoring of each other, reciprocal across a team, rather than the leader having to make sure that spirals keeps happening. The team just does it. Yeah, yes. it's quite an effort, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And we have noticed, because one of our teaching teams has had leadership change. Yeah. And it's almost like a reset because the sort of the driving force disappears the teachers know the process and it's not no fault of theirs they're doing a fantastic job but the new leader has to step in and sort of re-engage with where everyone is and to start that sort of driving of of the team again so it should be that anyone can just step up in the team and do that because it's a team inquiry rather than a leader-led inquiry what advice would you give to a school or kura or ece service out there who might not be enjoying or embracing teaching as inquiry right now I would definitely say to seek some expertise to help get started. I know of many schools that say, and I'm doing inverted commas here, that they do spirals. And it's something that's a very linear process that they say, you know, in term one we've done our spiral of inquiry. So having yourself as an expert to come in and say, to give us the longer view, to give us the deeper understanding, uh, to help us get to the point where it is a spiral that is sort of ongoing and it has no defined end point doesn't fit into a calendar year, doesn't fit into a term. It is based around pedagogical shift. And once you've made the shift, the spiral can spiral out to somewhere else. So I'd say getting an expert would really help. Those things I mentioned before about if you're going to head into a different kind of process, be it spirals or anything actually, the idea that don't worry about getting it perfect, just about getting it done. Getting into the learning and putting yourself in that position of being a learner is actually just good for practice anyway. But in something like spirals, if you're trying to hold yourself onto some sort of high pedestal and get it right from the start, I don't think the process will be an easy one to get embedded into your school. It'll be a lot of hard work on the teachers. Whereas if they come from a place of we're learning our way through this and we know that we're going to make mistakes, 
uh, but we're going to reflect on those mistakes so we don't make the same ones next time. It takes that pressure away from implementing something that is quite a big change. Yeah, and that is what the spiral of inquiry is all about, um, making mistakes and learning from them and moving forward and, 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 and really helping people to grow in that way. We all know that every example of growth in our lives has involved making some mistakes to get there. So and I like that idea of just get into it. And it takes that pressure off the teachers. I mean, teachers are excellent problem solvers. Yes. Um, so when they are starting this process, I'm sure you've had the same at many schools, they want to get to the point of taking action quickly because that's what they feel like they have to do because it's their job. To We know there's an area of weakness here in our practice. Let's just make the change right now and fixed and we're done. But the <laughs> idea of rigor and depth and slowing down, that's actually quite a big change for people who are not used to operating like that. So the idea of placing themselves as a learner, removing that pressure and just allowing them the luxury of time to dig into their practice and the impact on kids, that would be a fantastic way to embrace the change in a new school. You've been listening to a core education podcast, pushing the boundaries of educational possibilities. They're not our goal.